This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Welcome to 90 Day Fiancé WTF Podcast, a weekly hangout to talk about what the fuck we all just watched on TLC's 90 Day Fiancé. I am Nadia, and with me is my co-host, Lon. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Hey, Lon. This podcast is a lot of work. But tell that to Johnny Depp. (laughs) Tell Johnny Depp that. (laughs) I got his number. We should give him a call. (laughs) I also want to remind our listeners that we're a different kind of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we're very hardworking, y'all. <laughs> yeah, we're attractive. <laughs> oh, what about God. our dreams? <laughs> <laughs> Poor Natalie. Should we start with Michael and Natalie? <laughs> you know, I feel like we contradicted ourselves if we're going to start with them because in the last episode, we did say we want to stop talking about them. But this particular episode is just too hard to pass up right it's good stuff yeah it was I mean, good stuff Lon, let me start with asking you are you team trish or are you team natalie in this particular this uh, scenario particular episode i'm team natalie don't get me wrong there are things natalie could be doing but i'm wondering too if that's the relationship michael and natalie have at home that they're just so over each other that Natalie doesn't want to do anything. So here's here's my take. I'm team Natalie because I am pro going after your goals. I don't think being married means you have to quit on your goals. And especially for women, just be a housewife. If you want to be a housewife, then be a housewife. But if you want to do other things, we are all individuals. We all had other things. We can still be independent of each other and still pursue the things we want to pursue and have our significant others be a part of that and help them build as well. Like we build together. I'm all for that, but I'm also for, I get that if you're at home and you're not doing anything anyway, that maybe you should help out. So I try to take that into consideration, but then I'm like, if Michael and Natalie are really over each other, like I believe they are, and Trish doesn't see that, then yeah, Natalie isn't going to do shit. Michael is going to come home and be like, I want you to pick up my clothes and do the dishes. And she's going to be like, fuck off, dude. <laughs> like, so I don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but I am team Natalie in that I don't think Natalie should sacrifice her dreams to fit into this housewife mold and stay at home because Trish and Michael wasn't saying anything about it. And in fact, he was going along with it to be just Michael's housewife. And then that scene where she stepped on a nail, can you do something about that? Like you're not making it any easier for her to want to stay. And from what the scene played out to be, it was like, this has been a problem already. And they know about this. Like, and she's seemed like this wasn't the first time she stepped on a nail. Stepping on a nail is bad, y'all. That's pretty bad. You can get tetanus 
from that shit. I get how like Natalie just thinks that, yo, I'm in, I'm living in the fucking dumps right now. So yeah, we can keep going. There's other things about the scene too, but you know, I wanted to toss the question your way. Are you team Trish? Uh, kind of. And I'll explain why. Uh, Trish did say something about it being temporary. And I'm guessing she got this from Mike. Mike probably told her, well, Natalie's not doing anything at home. And Trish is probably thinking, well, in a marriage, you both have to contribute to the marriage. So what is your contribution, Natalie? And she's probably thinking, while she gets that Natalie wants to become a TV personality, temporarily, while she's pursuing that, she can earn money for their household by becoming an interpreter. I can see why Natalie was offended because it's the way that Trish comes off and also because of the baggage that Natalie has been carrying, right? From that whole Trish objecting to their marriage. So I can see why Natalie read that differently. But Mm -hmm. I think Trish just wanted Natalie to contribute to the marriage. While she's in between jobs, while she's in the job before the job. Right. Because I don't see Trish saying like, hey, don't even think about being an actress or don't even think about being a TV personality. I don't think that's what she meant. I think it's more of like, while you're pursuing that, do something that will occupy your time or that will earn some money for both of you. Right. And I think why I'm also Team Trish is because when Trish was saying to the cameras, you know, I don't think Natalie married Mike for the right reasons. And we've spoken about this before. I think she's definitely onto something. I've always had this suspicion that Natalie has a different agenda to why she came to the US despite the fact that she gave back the ring, despite the fact that she know that she and Mike are not compatible, right? We talked about how she doesn't see eye to eye when it comes to religion, when it, when it comes to a lot of other things. And yet she still came to the US. She still mm. packed her bags and moved over. Once she got the visa, she's like, okay, well, I guess it's back on now. And that's why Mike is like, okay, are you serious or are you just here for something else like if I were Mike I would be questioning her too but anyway without digressing too much I think I'm more team Trish than team Natalie it's a good thing you mentioned how Natalie received that I think that flies under the radar that had Trish been on better terms had she not tried to ruin their marriage and had they developed a good relationship a positive relationship she would have received that better. She would have seen that as exactly. somebody, right. As somebody maybe looking out for her too. And, yep. and, Oh, you know what? We're cool. You know, here's an idea. You know what I mean? And it wouldn't have been automatically shut down, but because right. like you said, because of the way things were, and now Natalie has a reason to look at Trish in a way that's like, you know, I don't trust this woman. This woman is out to get me. She doesn't like me then everything that comes out of Trish's mouth from here on out is like, you're trying to set me up. You know what I mean? Right. You're not looking out for my best interests. Right. I know you I, and I know what you've tried to do to sabotage my marriage. So yeah, you know, I, and I think that's a good point that you made there. Yeah. Well, it's too bad that high IQ Natalie cannot distinguish between horses and cows. <laughs> I feel bad for Natalie. So here's what I also noticed, right? They were not kind to Natalie at all. Like, if you look at the scene, 
They know I, I know Nat- which one you're talking about. Yeah, they know Natalie doesn't do this kind of work. And they were throwing logs at her, like throwing logs at her. They weren't like throwing it like a football, but they weren't handing her logs. And she's over here doing her best. This is her first time doing it. And they're chucking the matter, like, you know, and expecting her to catch it. Like, there's other ways of doing this to not embarrass her on TV like that. I think, too, that her reaction in the butcher shop was a little over the top. But at the same time, you would think that as her husband, yeah. Mike would have prompted her. Mike would have said, you might want to stay in the truck. For right. This. I totally like blame this. Mike for that. Yeah, there's so many things. So I get I get the frustration that Natalie feels. Yeah, it, it was a bit over the top. Like, I don't, I don't feel like being here. And it was and she flipped out. But then at the same time, I understand when she says things like, I don't think they're respecting me. She's not quite getting it across, but because I know what she feels, I know what she's trying to say. Mm-hmm. Like, they know I'm vegetarian. Why are they doing this? You could have prompted her. You could have maybe told her to stay in a, in a truck. Or maybe you said, you know, come if you want. We don't want to leave you alone, but there's going to be dead animals here or whatever if she's sensitive to that. And maybe they didn't. So I just, you know, I, I'm sympathetic <laughs> to Natalie in these scenes. As a husband, because obviously I'm, I am a male, and I'm looking at this through the lens of if I were Natalie's husband, what could I have done better in these situations? And it doesn't seem like Mike gives a shit. So it makes me also now wonder what's going on behind closed doors that they're not showing on the camera. Maybe, you know, and obviously we already know that they're divorced, right? So maybe they're over it when the cameras are off behind closed doors. They're so over each other that they don't give a shit. And yeah. Mike doesn't give a shit. And then the cameras roll. And then... You know, his mom's like, oh, let's go to the butcher. And Mike's like, this is going to piss Natalie off, but fuck it. Let's go. Yeah, that's the <laughs> that's yeah, where I think exactly. his head is at. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, he doesn't give a shit. He's anymore. nonchalant. He's like, whatever. You know, yeah. he feels I'm not going to go chase after her. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> What's the attitude he had, right? <laughs> that shows how low EQ Mike is because he doesn't connect the dots, right? Like his wife is a. Uh, I stand by the fact that she's pescatarian, but whatever. She's a vegetarian who doesn't eat meat yeah. and going to a butcher shop. Yeah. And had you had any form of sensitivity, you would be like, you know what, dear? Stay in the truck. Don't need to get out. We're just picking up a turkey. The honeymoon phase is over. Oh, yeah, like, totally. Putting his best foot forward is not even fucking a question anymore. It's like, whatever, dude. Like, he yeah. doesn't care. Zero fucks to give at this point. Like, he does not care. And I feel bad because it seems to me like Natalie still kind of does. And maybe it is, like you said, an agenda. Because I'm not saying she's using him for a green card, but I definitely believe that he is a stepping stone that this show is affording her possibilities. And, you know, I've seen people are sharing TikTok and Instagram reels of Natalie, you know, doing dances and shit for the camera. And I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) You need to stop that. But, you know, but again, she's marketing herself. She's putting herself out there. So I think obviously she's going to take this opportunity that that 90 Day Fiance has given her. And yeah, if, if that means staying another month or two with Mike, then so be it. So I do think too that, yeah, the agenda is there and she's she has to go through the motions to advance her agenda. Let's move on to, well, actually, I was hoping that we don't need to talk about Julia and Brandon because I don't remember anything from their scenes. It's just Brandon trying to like apologize and 
explain things to Julia and Julia saying she's jealous, pretty much confirming the fact that she's a jealous person if we were to suspend our uh, disbelief. So I have absolutely nothing to say about Julia and Brandon. Yeah, I don't have much to say. I do want to point out that he was gaslighting her. And mm. that is, is always something I want to call out, right? We want to call out toxic behavior. And he was definitely gaslighting her. Could Julia have acted differently? Yes. Could Julia have not stormed off as she did? Yes. But when she said you and her were the only ones at that table, she even forgot about her boyfriend and y'all were reminiscing about your past. And then for him to say, you're just jealous, completely invalidates everything she just said. Mm. which was valid. She can be jealous. Yes, she can be jealous, but that doesn't negate the fact that what she said was true. And what we saw was true. And what she experienced was true. We saw that with our own eyes. So when he was like, you're just a jealous person. True, but like that doesn't make what she said false though, because that is what we saw, you know, and maybe the cameras and the editing played it out differently, but that is what we saw. So I have to call him out. That's gaslighting behavior and it's toxic. And shame on you, Brandon, for that. <laughs> um, Julia, yeah, ease up. Ease up on your jealousy. I get that. But at the same time, can't be doing that, Brandon. That's not good. And we can move on. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to Kalani and Asuelu. On this episode, we see Kalani going to a lawyer's office to ask about any complication if she were to get a divorce from Asuelu. That was a very interesting conversation there. Uh, thanks, Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking thanks, Trump, for that. <laughs> is that how, thanks, 45. Yeah, is, is that how we're helping Americans? By making us float the bill indefinitely? <laughs> until what? Until he becomes a citizen or gets deported? Yeah, until he Fucking becomes... Fucking for life. Right. For life. Or until he dies. Or until he dies. Yeah. <laughs> They're hatching a plan to murder him. <laughs> <laughs> that look though, like, I, <laughs> hmm? did you say until he what? <laughs> yeah. So for me, this is a predicament, obviously. Do we tell him to take a hike or would you stay together? Let's say, you know, I'll just pose it as a question. If it were you, would you stay together because of the financial responsibility? Is that something worth staying over the financial responsibility or is it better to tell him to fuck off and then have that financial responsibility and hope that the conditions are met for that responsibility to, um, to get terminated. That's a tough one. Yeah. I think I agree with the lawyer that it's now about the kids. It's not about them. It's about... Actually, but I'm stay together for the kids is something I've always been anti. Yeah. I, I'm surprised he said that because he's not a professional therapist. So it's... I'm surprised he actually said that because he did say that if I'm not wrong. I don't know. I don't know what would be a good move on... Kalani's part to be honest I think if she can persuade him to become a citizen but without letting him know that she intends to divorce him maybe that's a good move Mm. because then the financial liability would be devoid right because once he becomes a citizen 
she and Lo would be like, okay, we're no longer your co-sponsor. So then file the divorce and then move on. But then it might take him a while to become a citizen. So then what would be the next best move? Deport him? But on what grounds? <laughs> If you have children in America, you can... Shit, I don't know enough about this. You can be deported, but is there anything in place that says, hey, but wait, he's got naturalized? Or did they do away with naturalization? Like if you were born in America, your, kid, your children are American? I forget all, all the laws. Of all that stuff. Yeah. That. You mean for Asuelu? Right, right. Because those are his children. So I get it. For me, I've always been anti like stay together for the children because I don't think you have to sacrifice your happiness and stay in a toxic relationship just for the children. I think there's a way to do it where you don't have to stay in a toxic relationship and be able to be responsible parents and find some kind of, I don't know, um, situation where it can work out. So that let me preface it by saying that. Now, with that said, if he were to not be married, is there anything that says that he can stay because he has children that are now American-born children? I don't think so. Because there are a lot of people who has children in the U.S., but because they're undocumented, they still have to leave, right? And I'm not saying that Asuelu is undocumented, but... I don't think it matters whether or not he has kids here. It doesn't tie him to the U.S. He can still be asked to leave. But then again, he's from American Samoa. So does that mean he's naturalized? And his wife is American. Like Yeah, Kalani's American. So But that would it, that's the thing. Like American. Hopefully that means that he gets to become a citizen more easily because he's from Samoa, which is an American territory. Mm -hmm. So hopefully it doesn't stretch for a few years because I know it takes some people like thinking years, like years right? <laughs> yeah. Like if I'm guessing if you're from Russia or like from some parts where you're in the US blacklist or something, the US might take a while to do some checks on you or whatever, right? I'm just assuming, you know, all this, but just to put things in perspective, like I would think that American Samoa would be like a shoe-in in terms of like citizenship. Especially if you have children, my argument would be the family unit, like my children need a father figure yeah. in their life. Like you can't keep me from seeing my, my children. So what would also help is if they have assets in the US and he doesn't. But if he bought a house, if he bought a house, then yeah, he might have a better chance at staying because Uncle Sam would want your tax money. Right, right, right. Yeah. But then Kalani and her dad would be on the hook for that house. Right. Exactly. <laughs> It's a shame because Kalani doesn't earn enough to support all of them. Right. So that's why he need, and we will discuss this with regards to uh, Tiffany and Ronald's situation, is that I think it's dangerous when you bring a fiancé not being able to support all of you as a household because then you need a co-sponsor which means you're kind of putting the onus and the burden on someone else and as we found out from this episode it's for a lifetime that was the like the theme of this show <laughs> yeah the sponsorship with the sponsorships yeah. right 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 yeah right. and i did some research you have to be earning a certain percentage above the poverty line in the u.s And that amount is actually around, and for a household of two, is around $21,000. For a household of four, which is what Ronald and Tiffany are uh, with their two kids, it's around $33,000. Mm. 
So that tells you that if she needed a sponsor, she doesn't have enough to wow. kind of support him. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like um, I'm guessing it's the same for Andre as well. Andre and Libby. I, I mean, I'm guessing Libby probably earns a good living because I don't know if she needed someone else to co-sponsor Andre. But for Kalani's case, it's a shame that they had to find out that she cannot divorce Aswelu because, you know, even if she did, her dad would be on the hook for it. Right. And that means supporting him and his family. Because remember, his family wants money too. <laughs> <laughs> They're not bound to the family. Though. Yeah, but it's like the law of relativity, right? <laughs> They're going to be knocking on it. Hey, where's our money? Aswelu supports the family. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I hope this is a good segue to Tiffany and Ronald too, is that it's a good thing that her dad is willing to co-sponsor Ronald. I guess they have the last laugh, right? Because we predicted that they won't last. And then on this episode, she got the news that Ronald's visa is finally approved. Yeah. But they just need visa a application. Visa application. He still needs to do that. He needs, Interview. He still needs to do the interview. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. That and that was... Um, so, yes, I'm glad you mentioned that because I did make a note about that. The mm-hmm. thing is, they're a hot mess, right? Because a few episodes ago, the reason we thought they wouldn't last is because that's how she started the season, was talking about divorce. So, like, now you're happy. Now you're happy about this. And you're like, oh, I'm so happy. Let me share the good news. You were just telling us a few episodes ago that you wanted to divorce this guy. <laughs> you Didn't she visit a lawyer? She was the one that started off the season visiting, yeah. like, a divorce, a divorce lawyer. lawyer. Yeah. Pickle much. Hot mess. <laughs> Hot mess. So I'm just like, ah, make it make sense, y'all. Make it make sense. <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, we'll see. And what's she going to tell her dad? That we're on the hook for his finances and he has a gambling problem. Yep. What other crimes? What other criminalities is this guy about again? I forget exactly his criminal. Oh, fights. I guess in the trailer. Yeah, he, he there was another thing that he got a criminal record for. I forgot what it is, but I know gambling was definitely a huge one. Yeah. So gambling is what would make me worry. If we're on the hook for somebody for the rest of our life and this guy does gamble, that's a no-no. That's a no-no. That's a huge, huge, huge uh, a liability. Yeah. <laughs> right? Exactly. I don't know about all that. <laughs> Yeah, I wrote here on my notes that Tiffany's dad's quite a stunner for someone his age. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can see where she got her good looks, I guess. Like, her mom is also quite a stunner in her dad as well. It's just too bad they're no longer together. But Tiffany, I've always thought Tiffany's pretty, so. Tiffany's pretty. Yeah. Yeah, Tiffany's pretty. So, do we want to talk about Andre and his fixer upper skills or like thereof. <laughs> so I blame Chuck, man. I blame Chuck. We said yeah, we it. blame we Chuck. It. We said it. Chuck is just a shitty communicator. Yeah. Um, unless this is all staged, which I wouldn't put it past TLC. Again, we I say this a lot, but is Chuck not telling Charlie what's going on here? Sorry, and, and, it's yeah. Charlie. Charlie. <laughs> and, and I understand Chuck's point of view too. You're just going to go in here and start breaking shit? Like, do you even know what you're doing? And apparently, Andre, Andre does. 
but like, why are you in here tearing up the kitchen? And did you even turn off the gas? Why are you even taking off the doors from the fridge? Like, why? What's that about? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's that about. That's, uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to knock out the windows too. Why? You're just going to leave the house fucking windowless? We're keeping yeah. it. He was saying this. I was like, okay. But then he said, but that's what Chuck told me to do. So I'm like, all right, well, Chuck needs to start getting his shit together. Where's the plan here, right? And where's the communication? Like, So what do you call it? Demo day, like a dumbass can do it. So <laughs> we're starting to see that. You know <laughs> At one point, I can't even understand what they're saying because every word is a curse word. Yeah. It was just bleeps all the way. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> oh, man. I think next week's going to be very interesting. They're going to be on a boat. Yeah. And <laughs> what be a fight. is what, what I saw, did Libby's sister toss a drink in her face? Wow. I think it was Becky who t- uh, tossed wow. a drink to wow. her face and tried to push her over too. I thought that was Libby that tried to push someone over. I think they I both don't even tried. know. They both will try. Anyway, we'll have to see what happens. That's good acting. So here's the thing for me. Whenever I see their scenes, I definitely think that they're all in on it and that they're acting. They're doing it for the cameras and it's good. It's good TV. From what I saw in the trailer... It is good. It looks good. It looks exciting. But as a family, and I know how close they are as sisters, would they really throw a drink in their sister's face or try to push each other off a boat? I don't think they would. But like, (laughs) I'm pretty sure, right? They got together and they're like, yo, we've got our 15 minutes. Let's fucking go for it. (laughs) So that's what I think when I see it. And when I saw the the preview, I was like, whoa, dude, this is crazy. (laughs) They're trying to do what the Kardashians did. Kim and Courtney actually fought and they were like slapping each other and kicking each other. So (laughs) this is like the poor man's Kardashian. It makes for good television and I'm here for it. The thing too, though, that like sometimes it's a little like for this episode, my note was like, can you really hide a nanny? They make it seem so easy. Oh, well, he's, you know, he goes out and he's at the gym. You just don't be like, all right, go to the gym and I'm going to bring in the nanny. And when you get back, we're going to hide the nanny again. That's not how nannies work. <laughs> what, what's this about? So my takeaway from that, though, was how do you feel about hiding these kinds of things from your husband or significant other whatever? Like, or is that... Are they serious about hiding a nanny? That's just ridiculous. <laughs> That's what maybe it I seemed d- like to me. Maybe I didn't pay enough attention. Him. Yeah, she, so she said, I can't just hire a nanny. And she's like, he doesn't have to know. I'm going <laughs> to give you the details anyway. He's always out. Yeah. And she was super serious, right? And goes, well... You know, it, that's lying. And she's like, it's not lying. It's just omitting it. Like, you have to know everything. I didn't say you had to lie to him. So, you know, I thought they were joking too at first, but then the conversation kept going. And I'm like, are you seriously considering hiding a nanny from him? Like, that's not, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Yeah. No. Yeah. I just think that, why are they making such a big deal? Like, Andre is not the one wearing the pants. As in, when I say that, I mean, like, I don't think he's bringing in the money. So if I were Libby, I'd be like, I'll just go ahead and hire a nanny because if I'm going to be footing the bill, I might as well just do it. Yeah, I think they were trying to play up the gender roles and how he wants Libby to do everything and she needs help. She can't do it all, you know, and he's he expects her to because his mom did that for him in their culture, that that was his mom's role. His mom did everything. Who needs a nanny? 
who needs help? My mom was able to do this. You can't do it. Yeah. You know, and to paint Andre in a negative light, I think. Yeah, it's 2021. It's 2021. Know. If women need help, they need help. Like, they need help. Can we normalize that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just feel like also pe- people on, on the interwebs are bashing Libby for doing yoga and talking about needing a nanny. It's like, what's wrong with, you know, spending a bit of time with your sister and still talking about needing a nanny? Like, you know, Libby deserves a break. I mm-hmm. feel like when people bash Libby for like, oh, how dare she ask for a nanny when she can carve out time to do yoga? I mean, why Self not? Care, y'all. Yeah, it, she deserves some me time with her own sibling. Yeah. Like, self care, her... self love. Yeah, exactly. I think sometimes people, you know, who watch the show, and I'm not knocking y'all viewers, but sometimes y'all can be ruthless. We can be ruthless. We too. can we be ruthless. These people for sure. are people. Yeah. And they are, they're people and they have lives and they should be afforded time to themselves yeah. <laughs> let's normalize that <laughs> especially in during covid <laughs> we're all locked up we're all stuck at home or whatever have you i don't know what they're doing but let her spend some time doing yoga <laughs> let that woman do her downward dog y'all yeah she the, the thing that was funny though when she said well you know we do what we do best i go is that is that your best <laughs> are you really doing yoga to the best uh, the best there. <laughs> they made it seem like they've been practicing yoga, but that was like the first time that they would be. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not convinced. Yeah. I think she said she just picked it up during the pandemic too. So I'm like, y'all aren't crushing it, crushing it. Yeah. <laughs> Shall we end our coverage of this episode with Angie and her walker, I guess. <laughs> Angie and, and the Kel- walker. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Oh, and here we go. I think we touched a little bit on the topic of cosmetic surgery. And I understand Michael's point. And I know most women, they don't do it to please us. And, you know, Angela wants to keep saying, oh, I'm doing this for you. Don't you want me to look attractive? And I know most women don't do it for men or to please others, but to make themselves feel better about themselves. So I think too, Angela's again, she's just kind of scapegoating him, which I don't appreciate. You know, you're doing this for yourself, right? You're doing it for yourself. So I like it when she took charge and said, it's fucking my money and I'm going to fucking spend it. Okay. That's what I want to hear. Don't be trying to blame him though for this, or don't put it on, on Michael. And yeah, yeah, you know, maybe she wants Michael to receive it better. And that's a good argument to be made, but I understand what Michael gets, right? Like he doesn't want her face to change. If I was attracted to you for a certain thing, and now the things that I love about you are changing and they're no longer things I find attractive, that's going to be a concern. So I kind of get that too. And my big thing, my big stance about cosmetic surgery, this has nothing to do really with Angela and Michael, just the bigger picture of it is there are these universal beauty standards in, in every culture. And I think the kind of dominating one is that when it comes to facial surgery, these are mostly Eurocentric beauty standards, right? When everyone is doing the same thing, everyone's face starts to look the same. And that's my big thing about it. And I understand it. Y'all don't care about my fucking opinion. You're not doing it for me. You're doing it for you. I get that. I just want to put it out there that 
every single plastic surgeon or surgeon out there that's saying, okay, we're going to do this to your nose and we're going to do these things to your lips. And and I think we're going to raise this. These are all set standard of what Western beauty standards are. And then everyone starts doing it. And you can kind of see this, you know, on Instagram where everyone's getting kind of puffy lips and everybody's getting kind of like these narrow noses and everyone's doing the same thing to their face. And now everyone's starting to look the same. And it's happened too in Asia. It's not just exclusive here to Americans. I think in Asia too, there are also beauty standards that are Asian beauty standards. And people are trying to fit that. And now they're starting to look cookie cutter is, I guess, the term for that. Everyone's starting to look the same because they're doing the same things because the doctors are suggesting the same shit. The doctors are saying we're going to do the same shit that we did for every other person that came through that door. And that's my hang up because we start to lose our individuality. Right. And And I get it. Like I said, if there were things I felt insecure about or I wanted to improve about myself and I had the money, I would fucking totally do it, too. But then, you know, where I start to draw the line is where we start to lose our individual selves and everyone starts to lose the things that make them unique. And when we're all trying to create a face or whatever, these trying to mold ourselves into these same beauty standards, and the doctors are recommending the same things, the same chin, the same nose, the same lips, you know, the same eyes, everyone's fucking looking the same. So that's my thing, right? And that's straight from the point, I just wanted to say that that was my takeaway where I have nothing against Angela getting a facelift. And I understand that, you know, maybe it's for health reasons as well. My gripe is don't put this on Michael and don't make him feel like the bad guy. Um, You know, you're doing this for yourself. Own it. For Michael, I understand he doesn't want her to change. He thinks she's beautiful the way she is. I think that's admirable. So I, I get his point. But on the same token, if she feels that that's what she wants to do for herself, she should then. And it's her fucking money. So suck it up. All those points are super valid and they make sense. Like I get that plastic surgery nowadays is very Eurocentric for sure. And of course, even in Asia, there's like a cookie cutter imagery going on right now, right? Like for example, the K-pop thing is hot right now. So everyone wants to look like a member of BTS or a member of Blackpink, you know? Yes. I think my gripe with Angela is more of like, and we've talked about this before, by the way. Michael would rather her spend that money on surrogacy. And I think that's where I wish she had prioritized that, that his needs or his want rather than her, or maybe at least come to a middle ground, right? Yeah. Okay, I have this bunch of money. Let's save half for surrogacy and let's save half for my tummy tuck or whatever. Do you think she's, I don't think that's where her head's at anymore though. I think she's so far from, the children conversation, like she's already moved on. And I feel bad for Michael, but I think she's done with that. I think she's already moved on. And yeah, it seems that, like that door is closed. Right. The ship has sailed. I think yeah. it seems like she's of that attitude of like, take it or leave it. Right. If you want to be with me, you want to come to the US, here are my terms. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you want kids. You know, I'm trying my best right. to look good for you, to look young enough for you. So here's what I can offer. But Unfortunately, I, I cannot tote an egg for you. I can't tote. Yeah. I don't think children are, are in the conversation anymore. That she's so far removed from that. 
yeah, uh, that's done. I also want to give kudos to Michael for like hanging up on Angela. I think that was like <laughs> probably the first time he ever did it. Don't I you was like, yes, Michael, you do that. You hang up on her. So yeah, big up on that. But yeah, I think the number one question that I've been asking myself is, how did Angela get all this money to like do all this surgery? And I think one of our Instagram followers actually said that they could have been sponsored by those medical offices that are doing this. So it might be free publicity. Maybe it's heavily discounted because that's a lot of surgery. And my biggest takeaway from you know watching Angela go through all this is that they really try to upsell you. She went to Beverly Hills thinking like, I'm going to get a gastric sleeve. And the next thing you know, they say like, well, now that you've got a gastric sleeve, this is what's going to happen to the rest of your body. And you need this. You need to perk up your boobs. I know somebody. I got a guy for that. Right. (laughs) Here you go. (laughs) I need you to go do this. Or like, I would strongly recommend you to do this. Oh, now that you've done that, you got to look into tightening up your face so that it all mesh up well. And maybe that makes sense. I think that kind of makes sense because it's all has cascading effect but it's scary how they try to upsell you it kind of reminds me of my recent dental appointment where you know I thought I was going there for cleaning but then I came out of it with a referral letter to have like my wisdom teeth removed and I was like but I just came there to have it clean like why am I yeah. like having a <laughs> referral letter to you know what I mean like it's almost like they help each other. So it's like, okay, right. I know this orthodontist. He might be able to help you. Or like in this case, all right, well, I've done the gastric sleeve. Now here's this boob specialist who can talk to you about tightening up your chest. Or like, oh, there's this facial surgeon who's very good at getting rid of the chin fat or whatever. So that's really eye-opening. It's a business. It's a, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a network. It's almost like a kickback type of network. I don't assume that they have kickbacks, but it's almost like they kind of help each other in that way. So yeah, it's very eye-opening. I do want to say one last thing though. Y'all, get you a friend who will clean your coochie like Jojo. (laughs) (laughs) She's my ultimate MVP. Just, I don't care what happened during the rest of the season. She's my fucking MVP, yo. Jojo's the MVP. Jojo wipes Angela's coochie. That's just MVP status right there. I don't care what y'all say. (laughs) MVP. MVP. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) And you can tell it's one hell of a wipe because after she left, like, Angela cried. She's like, <laughs> what am I going to do now? I have no one to wipe my Gucci. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, man. Get you a friend like Jojo. Seriously. She's a saint. <laughs> Angela, Angela owes Jojo so much. Um, yeah. yeah. Jojo's been MVP for a while, man. She's really, I think she's hardcore in, in Angela's corner. Ride or die. That's... Yeah. The very definition. Right. Um, right. She should be getting a paycheck. I feel like yeah. so many even said that Jojo should be on Angie's lifetime insurance. Like life insurance. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Like when you have that kind of friend, it's like, oh, she's gonna be in my will. I don't right. know. Whatever happens to me, she gonna get my money. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so anyway, with that being said. Lon, shall we wrap it up with our WTF moment? My WTF moment, 
was between Brandon gaslighting Julia Mm -hmm. and then the revelation, because I didn't know that that you're on the hook for the lifetime. For a lifetime. I didn't know. Yeah, until he said it. You know, and he said, oh, and it's new and because of whatever Trump has against immigration and all that stuff was very eye opening. And, and what the fuck to me, like, damn, you are really paying for that. So, yeah. Yeah. What about you? Uh, well, in that regard, Lon, uh, well, hashtag thank you, TLC, for actually <laughs> teaching me something yeah. <laughs> for being the learning channel. Right. The learning channel. We Coming finally through some with shit. those facts. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, for me, it would be Andre smashing those fridge doors. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that about? Do He's you strong, have to do though. that? <laughs> what the heck? He, was, he was really taking it on that fridge door. <laughs> I know. What did they do to you? <laughs> Just drag them away or something. <laughs> yeah, for once, Charlie was right about something. Right. <laughs> Sorry, like, Charlie. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lon, I feel like we cannot really wrap this up until we talk about a couple of things. Yeah, let's do it. So first of all, thank you to all our Instagram followers and our Twitter followers. We've been getting quite a few follows recently, and we don't know why. <laughs> you love us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean you guys have been listening? But <laughs> seriously, though, uh, all jokes aside, thank you to all our followers. Yeah, we do not have a presence on Facebook, but... We do have a presence on Twitter and on Instagram. So for those of you following us, thank you. And sorry, we're not a meme account. So we try to be creative <laughs> in the way we promote our podcast. But you know, every now and then, we will come up with something original. Thanks to Lon. Just want to shout you guys out. And thank you. Spread the word. If you think you like our podcast, obviously leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The other thing I was going to say is, what was I going to say, Lon? Um, yes. Well, yes. But first, okay. I want to yes, that too. <laughs> I just want to say that, yes, we were a little bit behind in updating our podcast because, you know, myself, I took a mental health break. You know, I spent a week, you know, just, I would say vacationing, not really a real vacation, but, you know, doing a a road trip in my home state of California. And I know some of you emailed us. I've gotten a message through my Instagram asking, hey, where are the new podcast episodes? And yeah, I felt like I needed a break and, you know, Lon allowed me to do that. So thank you, Lon. And I really appreciate that people are asking for them. That goes to show that our work is not going to waste. So thank you guys for... You guys really enjoy the content. I know. Thank you. We appreciate y'all for that. Yay. The episodes are coming. (laughs) Yep. Speaking of mental health break, I just want to give a shout out to Naomi Osaka. She needs to step away from the French Open. I know this is so 180 from talking about a reality TV show to a sporting event, but how this ties up is, you know, I just want to stress how important mental health is to people and how we should be normalizing it. I'm not mm-hmm. saying my situation is similar to hers. I mean, she just admitted that she had bouts of depression, which is why she needed to pull out from the French Open Grand Slam. For those of you tennis fans out there, you might know what I'm talking about. But just want to give kudos to her for 
pretty much saying fuck you to the French Open organizers because she didn't want to do any media lawn. I mean, just to get you up mm. to speed. So Naomi Osaka is like the number two ranked female tennis player in the world. She announced over her Instagram story that she didn't want to do any media during this French Open tournament. And the organizers obviously told her like, uh-uh, like you have to, you have an obligation and they fined her $15,000. And then she was like, well, I'm off. She pulled herself out. She forfeited her participation in the tournament. And that's when she said like, hey, look, I've been having bouts of depression. She didn't say fuck you or anything, but it's more of like, if you're not going to be working with me on this, then I have to do my own self-care and just forfeit this event. But hoping that, other tournaments would help her with how she can deal with media and do some form of reform. Because, you know, when athletes do those post-match interviews, they get asked a lot of shitty questions. Like, imagine losing a game or a match and being asked like, hey, how do you feel right now after losing the finals right. or losing right. this match or whatever? And just put yourself in that situation, right? I mean, they perform in front of us. They're, sometimes they have a bad day. All of us have bad days at work. And I think too, the questions, some of them are intentionally like pointed to get a reaction because the reaction will get the ratings and people will watch because of it. So like, it's tough. It's intense, especially, you know, after a loss, when they really try to dig in to get you to react emotionally. Yeah. Sorry. So from one downer topic to another, I just want to... <laughs> just, we thought we should briefly talk about this recent incident with Big Ed. And by the way, I just before I jump on that, I just want to say I'm not jumping onto the bandwagon of like, oh, citing mental health. That was already pre-planned before Naomi came out to say that. So it, that was just purely coincidental. Anyway, back to Big Ed. So we at 90 Day Fiancé WTF, and Long, keep me honest you, we've pretty much cancelled Big Ed a while back. A while back. A while back, a while back. right? Because Rose is our girl. She's our queen. And I am personally happy that she has a major glow up. She's doing really well. I follow her on Instagram. She's doing great. But what we've always, always stuck with is the fact that Big Ed is a vile human being that doesn't deserve a platform, which is why myself and Lon, we intentionally do not cover the single's life because Ed is on it. Colty's on it. And we're not interested in those two. <laughs> yeah. And giving them a voice or promoting in, them on our on our podcast right. at all. So it's obviously not surprising to us that a lot of our fellow podcasters, people doing similar 90 day fiance content, are now only boycotting him because of a recent telephone conversation that I guess someone leaked out. Lon, do you wanna talk about that? And you know, so I can shut up and <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and again, it, it makes me feel better that we we don't sympathize with this guy. I'm sure you can find the audio. Um, if you are a fan of the show and you follow meme accounts or podcast accounts or any type of 90-day related um, media accounts, you've probably heard the audio conversation of, of Ed just being a shitty human being and being completely mean, completely ugly and disgusting and treating his girlfriend at the time. I don't even know. I don't watch the show. I don't know anything about the relationship. Um, I just heard this audio. So 
I don't know what their situation is right now, but I'm assuming they were dating at the time. And it, it was just really shitty across like it's not even an argument how shitty the conversation was and how shitty of a person he is. He he doesn't deserve her. And for him to even talk like that was just one, it was it, it was disgusting for anyone to say, but to speak like that. He should be lucky that he was even in a relationship with her to begin with. So for him to think that he had a place to speak about that. And if you heard how the conversation went, he made it seem like it was her fault when she even asked him if it was okay. So that's what makes things even shittier is she asked him if she if it was okay. And he said yes. And then he completely blames her for it. And says, you shouldn't have asked me that when she was asking out of the kindness of her heart, out of getting his permission to make sure, like checking in with him to, yeah, I mean, the fact that she even asked was enough, but the way he framed it was he shouldn't have even said anything. And I'm giving him way too much airtime and wasting way too much breath and oxygen on this guy. So, you know, I just wanted to say that he continues to be disgusting. He continues to be a shitty human being, and I'm glad we do not cover his show. Yep. Nothing has changed on this podcast. We continue to not want to cover Big Ed, Colty. Hashtag fuckhead. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I know we kind of did mention him briefly, right. but I just want to like reiterate that fact that obviously we have never, uh, we have stopped actually not say never, but we have stopped covering him ever since his uh, involvement in 90 day fiance. I guess, is it before the 90 days? That's when he first appeared, if I'm not wrong. Right. Yeah. We just jumped on to let you know, we will still not be covering. He's <laughs> <laughs> still dead to us. And to say, fuck you, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. Yep. The only fuck we'll give tonight. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks for listening, WTFers. If you love the podcast, you can show your support by leaving us a five-star review on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. It is appreciated and really helps us out. You can engage with us on email, Twitter, and Instagram at 90dayfiancewtf. We especially would like to hear what your WTF moments are each episode. We might even shout you out. You can catch me on FB Gaming at Italics Plays. That's I-I-T-A-L-I-X-P-L-A-Y-S. I'm also on Instagram at Italics. Italics is my gaming page. Or my um, personal account at Lon, like Lon. That's L-A-N underscore L-I-K-E underscore L-A-W-N. Just want to say happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Month. Our LGBTQ listeners for the way. Yes, yes, yes. Happy, happy Pride Month um, to our LGBTQIA plus viewers, supporters, family, friends. We are here. We stand in solidarity with your struggle. Um, you are seen. Uh, we appreciate you and we love you. So yes, that is, <laughs> we are inclusive and diverse here at 90 Day Fiance WTF. Yeah, you're not alone. Be kind to each other. Until next time. Until next time.